Hi, I'm JJ. Welcome or welcome back to the Art of Value Investing. This is episode 16. It's the 24th of June, 2021, where I am, just to timestamp this. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about a company I find super interesting, Stitch Fix. And it's just disclosure, it's one of my, become one of my biggest holdings, actually. I first, I did an episode on this September last year, one of the first episodes I did, and at the moment it's up, what, 44% for me, but I, I did sell some and buy some because it spiked way up during one of the um, short squeezes that happened to do with, I mean, it, so it didn't become a meme stock, but it, uh, Wall Street bets, everything that was being shorted and it was being heavily shorted, it's often heavily shorted, people kind of don't know what to make of it, make of Stitch Fix. Um, and uh, but I really like it, and I've been increasingly like it. Obviously, if it's one of my biggest positions, increasingly like it over the over the time that I've been looking at it. When I first did, when I did the previous podcast, I didn't know a huge amount about it, just enough to to uh, kind of see where it was going and to take a position. And I've been increasing that position over time. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I'll talk about today. Uh, before I get started, I just wanted to say the usual. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not giving any advice here. I'm just talking to myself as much as to you, just to w- work through my own ideas and thoughts. Do your own research and don't buy anything based on what I say, even though I will be talking about individual stocks. Uh, also, I'm not spending much time editing, zero time editing. So it's but it's like it's live, it's rough, there are mistakes, that's the way it goes. That's because I want to spend more time actually devoting time to actual research and analysis instead of spending a lot of time making podcast content. So sorry about that if there's any issues. So you can also find me on Twitter at The Art of Value anytime you like to, to contact me. All right, let's get started. So why what I, why I want to do this update on Stitchfix now is because I I heard a podcast last week that was was actually put out on the fifteenth of June, so just a few days ago, by new CEO. So if you don't know, the CEO has changed. Uh, Katrina Lake, CEO, founder and CEO, stepped aside, gone into the chairperson role, and Elizabeth Spaulding. Is has now who who joined the company back in January 2020, and I think this was probably the plan all along by the sound of it that she was going to take over. Um, and so there was a little bit of concern out there about that, and I I wasn't sure about it. I thought Katrina was good; she had vision, but I'm glad she's still there and she still, you know, owns shares, and hopefully they'll work together. I can understand. I guess I can understand. I mean. But she stepped aside, so there's a bit of a question mark over, you know, what's who's who's Elizabeth, what's she like, and so I think this is the first time that I know of that she's kind of spoken in public <clears throat> at length. I've seen an article or two, an interview that was also good a while ago. But this uh, podcast is, was in the future, if you want to look it up, the future of fashion, Vogue business. I'm not going to put a link in the show notes, it takes too much time, you can look it up. Future of Fashion Vogue Business Podcast, 15th of June. So it's about the, you know, this podcast is about the innovation and fashion, innovate the innovators, 
it's subtitled. And I just thought this was super interesting what she said. I was pretty impressed to be honest and um I yeah, I I'm just gonna I'm actually gonna summarize and you know, summarize the podcast because there's some interesting points that it's the vision that she and Katrina have obviously talked about and gone through over for the next 10 years of the business, which, I mean, I hope to be in this for 10 years. I think it's got a lot of potential and it'll become obvious why as we talk about it, I think. I mean, if you don't know what Stitch Fix is, they've been, it's sort of personalized, personalized model, try before you buy apparel online. And it's now 10 years since the company's been going. They, they're up to an, around $2 billion of revenue a year, which, you know, that's uh, substantial in itself to get to that point. It's sort of been, as I said, it's been short a lot. It's been criticised a lot. Is this going to work? And, it, you know, it's not, I don't think it's it's not assured that, it, that it's going to continue on, that it's going to work, uh, that it's actually going to go on and be as big a company as it could be that's you know nothing's assured but I think it's got a good shot I do and that's why I'm willing you know it's one of my biggest positions and part of it's to do with the AI part of it um, as I said Elizabeth Spalding joined in 20 January 2020 uh, so during COVID I know Katrina sort of managed it through COVID and uh, Elizabeth is coming and their focus is going to be on accelerated innovation they say for the next 10 years so you can see where that's going I I don't <clears throat> I don't really buy any stock in this I think it can go 10x and possibly 10x over the next 10 years you know which pretty much works out about 25 or 26 percent a year for 10 years and I think this I think uh, Stitch Fix has got a shot at that but that would be a big company it's, I bought it around $5 billion or a bit under, I think, so we're talking about a $50 billion company. I think it's possible. So what Elizabeth is talking about is what Stitch Fix can, can next become, and that's what's interesting to me. What, what can it be? She said that she and Katrina joke around about this talk about uh, it's like, like Netflix has gone from... It's like Netflix going from the DVD era to the streaming area, which is straight off super interesting to me, and that's an interesting thing to choose. Um, and so they're talking about the fixed model, which is which is a different idea of shopping. Um, so instead of you know when you go to a physical shop, not filtering through racks of clothes and shops, or even you know online e-commerce. You know the search model where you you kind of know what you want and you search for it, or you know an apparel site where you're kind of still searching through things that you know it's just a lot harder, it's a lot more difficult than Stitch Fix. What Stitch Fix is aiming at, so they send five items out, and they use a combination of data science and human styling, a human style. So those two things, they collect data. People give up voluntarily when they first join the service. They answer a lot of questions, and over time, you know, they go back. It's not a subscription service. It's, it's in terms of you know doing it a monthly or whatever, like some 
some other ones have tr- are trying have tried, not just in apparel but other things where. But they send five five items to you based on what you might what they think you'll like. They're the right size for you. They're the right style for you. And one one interesting stat, a great stat that she she revealed that I didn't actually know until now is that over the time people have kept around half of what they've been sent half so people they send out five items based on sites and people have actually keep you and you can send them back so you either buy them or send them back so people have kept the half so that you know I, I mean what's interesting to me about this is that i've been reading more about ai recently I read a couple of books one called genius makers about how sort of the ai powered companies of now including amazon google facebook are increasingly and you know it's no accident that these companies are some of the have announced some of the biggest in the world and that no accident that they've got ai kind of at their core now and stitch fix has too and so the books I've been reading, one was called Genius Makers about that, and the other one that I'm reading at the moment is called uh, Prediction Prediction Machines, where machine learning, AI is really about prediction. And so with Stitch Fix, I mean the thing about AI is that it should become better and better at predicting. You know, especially if people were if people are Stitch Fix customers. Stitch Fix should know more and more about what they've liked, what they've bought, you know, the styles that they like. And so that should theoretically get better over time. It's, if it's already half, and this book talks about, Prediction Machines talks about in terms of companies, and Amazon in particular actually, is if at the moment it's sort of um, the AI recommends things to you, right? And Netflix is like this too. That's quite interesting that, that they that they mention Netflix is because these recommendation kind of engines where they recommend things to you based on what you bought before, what you might like. Uh, and over time, as AI gets better and better and they have more history with you, the recommendations should theoretically get better. And so this book talks about one day it should cross Cross a line where it'll go from where you choose and ship, it recommends to you, you choose what you want and it ships out to the point where it should be so good that it just ships to you and then you choose what you want and you would want like 8 out of 10 of the things that it sends you or you know things that you buy regularly. So, you know, I mean, this you could say that's not very efficient, but if, you know, if Amazon in the future has like electric delivery, autonomous delivery, and you're getting things where, where you just sort of, where things turn up and you, and then the things that you want, I mean, it seems impossible, right? But Stitchfix is doing that. I mean, this is what is so super interesting to me is that they has, they started with that model where they ship, they do get input on you. They ship five things to you, and people have been wanting half of those things. I mean, that insight right there makes this company very, very interesting to me. Um, you know, I, 
I mean, five, like two and a half things out of five people actually want. And this, they're not, it's not cheap either. This is full retail price. So they, I guess for the model, they, they have worked out economically that, that it works, that people can send it back. Uh, and I don't know, if, I don't think, I don't, don't know of any other company that's doing this to this, to this scale and getting it that right. So it's basically a personalized rack of clothing sent to your door. You try it on at home. You, you can also get advice, for, you get advice from the online stylist community beforehand and I believe they're moving to sort of at any time. And so it gets better and better over time using the AI. I mean, I think people with Stitch Fix seem to, like analysts and, and people in general, seem to dismiss it as, oh, the AI is just a gimmick. Uh, I saw this YouTube video, this YouTube video of somebody, of one of the AI guys from Stitch Fix talking about it for it's like a 45 minute talk. And it's, it's not just a gimmick. They are deeply, deeply into it and um, building over time. I mean, the, that this seems to me that way ahead. Um, so they also, she also said that they've had increased keep rates every quarter on record because of the understanding of consumer preferences and the power of data science, meaning that the their machine learning is it's getting better and better. The more they have, and presumably the the uh, customers that have been from with them for a while, their choices, the choices that they get sent are sort of better and better. I'd be interested to know the stats on that, on whether, you know, the, the, the whether people keep more and more, the more that's known. So this, this streaming era metaphor, like of Netflix going from DVD where they had mail outs to streaming, uh, that's, they call it that, they're saying that that with Stitch Fix is it's creating your own personalized store. That's the shift. So from from the sending out of a box to to a whole personalized store. So the idea, this big idea that they have, and I think it's a very good one to scale up, is that imagine going to your to the app or to online store, and there's a store, and everything is for you, and it's your size, and it's the styles you like, and you can choose what to send out, and then they send it out. And they might. And the idea is that they also add other things that are a surprise. So it increases the level of of what you might want from the from the fix. So they're talking about a shopping feed experience, which was actually they've already launched it. It was launched in the middle of COVID. Um, they've been adding features, and it's a way of personalized discovery, but not so not searching, but discovery. So, so they're talking. She talked about the thinking about the next phase of apparel e-commerce is going to be characterized by both browse and discover and the personal touch. Uh, so in the past, it's been search-based shopping through endless catalogs. And she said Stitch Fix is at the forefront because it's had 10, it's got a 10 year advantage. It's been around for 10 years doing this. So if you think about competition trying to catch up, it's kind of going to be hard to see how they might do this. 
really. I can't think of any other company. I mean, you think Amazon could, but it's not really in their wheelhouse personalized shopping. Just so big. I mean, to move the needle, it would have to be very good. And I mean, they do have a, you know, personal shopper, but it's hard to find in the site. I mean, it's just, it's, it's at the stage where Amazon's so big that there are these, I think there are these companies that are trying to bite off a bit of um, Amazon's market share and are, are starting to be successful at that. And, you know, that's a, that's a, they're big, big, they can be big companies just by doing that because Amazon's so huge. I mean, Citrix so far has sold $7 billion worth of clothes in its history. And they're, you know, Elizabeth says that they're, positioned for the next phase to grow much bigger so if you think about that of two million in revenue i mean how to get to 10 and then 20 and then 30 i'd say and so the new model the new shop model is about curation personalization and data-led shopping she says so and how it, how it developed she said was that with the fixes they sent out with the five items in the box, they included style cards, which had photos of the ways that that, that uh, the customer could wear clothes, the way the way that you might want to wear with other clothes, or you might or clothes that you might want to have in the future. So they're not they were they were photographed with items that weren't in the box that styles that you could wear. And that, I did, that's an interesting touch because, you know, that's there's a, there's a lot of work involved in that. It's a lot of it's a, an idea that would take quite a bit to do to photograph things in that way and send it out. And she said that clients said when they did that, can I? They kept asking, can I just buy the other, those other items? Which is pretty obvious, right? But um, and that's how it developed. Um, so they started, Citrix started the shop for looks and trending for you. So shop, shop your looks and trending for you. So they curated outfits in the context of anchoring them on things you'd bought before. And so they algorithmically generate 24 outfits to show and refresh multiple times a day in your own personal store so this is the personalized store you have outfits that are you know where ai is helping to generate as long as as well as um individual stylists and uh so this should be a more compelling way to shop going to your own individual store where everything's ready you know styled for you already it's so different than going to a normal physical shop or even an e-commerce store, so it's sort of the next phase of e-commerce. And so she says that this has turned out to be stickier and engaging, more stickier and engaging than, than anticipated. Uh, she's mentioned that we we buy clothes in the, in the context of an outfit. We want new things to go with what we already have and love. And so Stitchwick knows what you already have and what you love and what the style so... It's kind of compelling. So they realize that this is the future of personalized stores, they think. And so wouldn't we rather have our own personalized store where everything is relevant for you? Better than the store, better than a store where 95% of, of, of it is irrelevant for you. 
things don't fit, styles you don't like. I mean, everything's just sort of there, personalized for you. I mean, it, I just think it's a really compelling idea if they can execute on it and they can scale. Um, so, and what she says is that what Stitch Fix has built so far is very suited for this next stage. And I do think that too. What they have already over, built over the last 10 years is sort of primed for this. So any, any competitor to launch into this would has got a lot of work to do, especially on the data side. They must have collected a lot of data on their customers so far, but they do want to expand to a lot of new customers. So the, she says they've built a, a deep understanding of people's fit and the style graph and part of that is due to the widget on the app that's called Style Shuffle, where you thumbs up or thumbs down on apparel items, and they've developed, they've built up seven billion ratings from that since they launched that. <clears throat> she, yeah, she says that the personalized stores become their big idea, and pair, paired with styling services. And, and but the, the, you know the problem to solve that they have is how to make that available to everybody. So they've got a few million customers. I think it's four, is it four million? I can't remember now, but um, to scale that up to to everybody. Because, I mean, the, the fix is, I mean, it, it is kind of a limited market. It's not, you know, it's, um, it's for people who sort of was sort of targeted to people who don't like to shop or too busy to shop but have the money to do something like this. Um, so they, you know, she said that they've been renovating the fixes to help expand the market. And one of them is fix preview. So before they've just sent out the box with five in it. Now you now people can preview it. So people wanted to trust what they were being sent. So fix preview and live they fix preview and live styling. So before the fix is shipped, they curate 10 items and give a chance for feedback. Uh, you might choose just a couple of items from that and the rest is picked for you or, or more than that. So this, this was incubated, she says. It was tried in the UK market, which they've had for two years now. And she said it was such so wildly successful that they've been it's being rolled out in the US now, so they're up to fifty percent of the US so far. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this how this plays out, how it goes, and how it looks for their numbers. They're seeing they're seeing higher average order values, happier clients, higher retention. I mean, you have to keep in mind that CEOs are salespeople, so all of this stuff it all sounds great. It'll be interesting to see in the numbers and in the next quarter how this is how this is actually playing out in the in the numbers and what's said you know in the next earnings call uh she also said that we've, they've had more clients in the past they've added more clients in the past year than any on record well you'd think that would be as they scale up that would just that would be the case i'd be a bit concerned if they had if they weren't adding more clients than the year before. Um, so she's saying that start, also one of the things they're changing is signing up for a fix and going through the questionnaire is the only way to sign up still, but they'll be, will, they'll, people will be able to sign up through, their, through, sh, uh, through shopping, 
personalized shopping in the coming months. So that'll be good when they roll that out to see if that increases numbers, how how quickly or how that how that works. She also said that three quarters of people wanted the preview. So to the choice of a preview rather than being surprised what's in the box, three quarters of people wanted that when they asked. And they're also incubating live Zoom sessions with stylists. So if people want, you know, live chat with humans, stylists, they can do that. So live video, which is popular in China, you know, one, that's one of the innovations in China that they've had for quite a while. A lot, there's a lot of video. I've did a podcast on Pin Doll Doll, and they have, they have that. Um, in fact, this, when we think about. I mean, there there is a crossover with Pindoto, but they they are they want they're going for really cheap sort of scaling, but cheap products. This is this is a little bit different, but there are some similarities on Pindoto. Also goes for the browse model, so it's like it's a feed of products. It's not like you search for something and there it is. It's more of a sort of a browse and a browse and newsfeed type of situation. Seems to be a successful, more and more successful companies that have been successful with that model. Um, so anyway, with styling, so with the live Zoom sessions, people can have rich dialogues. She says, chance to engage and give feedback. So the combination of personalized shopping and coaching guidance working in harmony, which I think could be a powerful model. So it's not cutting out the human element. But I mean, if I was to have a guess, I think over time, as AI gets better, it may be that it gets, you know, that thing where it actually gets better and better, that the, the human element sort of is less and less and the people choose to have that less or if they want to have it. But it may be that it's very efficient and very good at predicting what people will want. We'll have to see. Um, what else can we say? Oh yeah, so she talks about the theme of browse and discovery rather than search and scroll, like I was just talking about Pindoldo. So she thinks that customers will become increasingly impatient with traditional apparel e-commerce because they've been that they've become used to in other web categories. So, and it's because you know, in other web categories where Netflix serves up personalized content, Spotify does this too, to give you a sense of what's trending, recommendations, so people will become, want this more and more, and so it's this next stage of e-commerce where, like that first stage doesn't have that, and I'm sure they'll try, but, um, you know, a couple of times Netflix has been doing this all along, and the feedback will mean it will get better and better, as she says too so it's more and the other thing she talked about is having the relationship to the customer where she talks about the importance of having building trusted relationships with the clients uh, whereas traditional e-commerce doesn't that it's, it's very transactional say with Amazon and places like that I mean people do have trust that they're going to order something and it's going to arrive but this kind of relationship goes deeper and she she mentioned a pan like uh, a brand like Peloton 
and others that are building relationships with com and building communities with people. And so there's a high level of trust there. Traditional e-commerce is convenient, but not necessarily a trusted relationship. So they're building relationships with their clients that are long lasting. So you could say it's about the lifetime, you know, the lifetime, when they take on a customer, it's the lifetime value of that customer, which is what, you know, people, some analysts do analyze Netflix and Spotify on rather than just that, okay, they've got so many subscribers, but what's the lifetime value of that? What else can we say? Um, so she was asked about, in this interview, she was asked about, uh, com you know, possible competitors like the big competitors like Google and Facebook. Uh, she wasn't, I think she was asking about Amazon, but Google and Facebook, for instance, that want to become retail competitors. And that's obvious. That's so the next phase of, one of the next phases of Facebook would be, let's say with Instagram, um, where do they fit in these legacy players? And I, I mean, I've thought about this a lot because I've been thinking social e-commerce should be a big thing as it is becoming in China, but not so much in the US yet. So I think Facebook and with Instagram are trying to make this kind of social e-commerce model, but it didn't start off as that where Pindoldo kind of did, whereas group buying from the start. I think it's harder if you don't start from the beginning. So there may be companies that emerge that have this model, like, you know, that have, that have done this from the start. I mean, Stitch Fix isn't so much social with the other clients. It's more with building a relationship with the company itself. So she says that Google and Facebook, they have an understanding of personalized data. They have so much data. That is true. But what they're missing is that, is how, um, the, you know, the, the deep understanding of, say, if it comes to apparel, the deep understanding of fit and the fabric and, you know, what you keep and what you return. Stitch Fix has built this for this specifically. So return rates in, shop, in the shop offering are about half of traditional e-commerce. So she thinks that this will not be a strength of these media platforms, and they are media companies. They are. The, you know, I heard this podcast yesterday on uh, the Investors Podcast. They were talking about Facebook, analyzing Facebook. Bill Nygren was talking about it, and he says that they look at Facebook as a media company. Google's a media company, even though it's search. I mean, these, it's advertising-based. So it's kind of good to look at these in a similar way to previous media companies. We just kind of need to... Stop talking about them less as tech companies and more as media companies. Um, so, um, traditional retail. So the, the the feedback, but there's not the feedback's not on fit and style. It's other other sort of data that they've been collecting. Okay, just to wrap up, so I don't want this to go on and on. I just wanted to do an update. So the summary, I mean, the conclusion here was that she talked about the next, it's about the ten, the next 10 years for Stitch Fix, which is what I'm thinking of. I mean, a long-term 
like investing long term and this is the one of the companies I've picked that could grow 10x I just do think and it's sort of since I've had it since I've been looking at it it's sort of I mean it's very volatile the share price is very volatile but they in COVID was a very unusual year and I think people were disappointed last year that they that uh, you know a lot of e-commerce companies stay-at-home digital companies that they didn't do didn't do very well in terms of numbers like some others like zoom did where everybody was on zoom all day and the share prices just went through the roof Citrix's share price did go through the roof at the end of the year but that was more to do with wall street bets and the high shorting short squeezings and then it came down but you know, I think that was misunderstanding because, I mean, you think about it. People were at home. Nobody was going out. People were generally aren't going to buy clothes. I mean, people were buying, like, I mean, they did say they did say that their athleisure did well. was one of the biggest categories of work from home. And she, they did say that there should be pent-up demand on going out clothing. People don't buy clothes when they're sitting at home, like, in their track pants or whatever. Um, and you know, even like business calls, people would like things were getting more casual. And but I don't just don't think people were into buying clothes last year. But now, it's sort of part of the opening trade. So it's going to be you know very interesting over the next quarter or two. What's ha- what happens with the numbers and if it ramps up? Um, yeah. So I just I don't think that was that was an issue at well. I think they they got through they got through COVID very well. I was impressed by people were disappointed analysts were disappointed by what happened with Stitch Fix last year but I I wasn't I thought it was fine um, so the next 10 years she talks about just to to to, to, to conclude here she talked about the transition to her from Katrina she said the chem, they worked on the chemistry or well, the chemistry between Katrina and her is good they have like-minded values, uh, which was put to the test last year. and But it's really going to be about the acceleration of innovation. She talked about innovation, accelerating the innovation rather than and to scale up. Um, they've also got a new CFO and a chief product officer. So there's been changes. And they said that they're investing in company culture because it's important to them, of inclusiveness and kindness. Uh, and she said the secret source of Stitch Fix is actually their company culture. And they didn't want to lose that. So it's a question of scaling up and keeping that throughout the whole company, not just in management. And to take bold risks as deeply as possible in the organization. And how to support the new phase of growth with their culture, with everything they do. And it's about putting the infrastructure to grow in place investments in infrastructure so i guess that will take time but you know it is about it's clear that they want they are looking to scale up from where they've got now which i think is a good place and i i I like the ideas they've got you know i like where it's going i'm happy with what i've got here and you know it's not clear that it's going to work still uh, but i think by the time that it if it does work by the time it comes becomes clear it's probably going to take off you know the share price will take off and it'll go from uh the 
the the multiple will probably expand. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the overall share market, so maybe not for a long time, but I just think um, I'm happy with when I bought this, and I'm happy with keeping it for the long haul. Unless something fundamentally changes and it becomes clear it's not working and it's not going to scale up, but happy with where it is at the moment. I don't, really don't think there's any other company doing this uh, so successfully and at this scale, and it's good, they're going to be hard to catch. So the interviewer just talked about, you know, are they aiming at, um, you know, Gen Z, talking about fashion and, you know, new the new customers, are they aiming at Gen Z? And she just said we're focused on launching and expanding our personalised way to shop. They're just, that's what they're focused on, not any particular one um, demographic. And she thinks this will open up the total addressable market with the demographics categories occasions. So that's... that's this big idea is the personalized shop for everyone, really. And I really like that as an idea. And if they if they pull that off, it will be amazing because we haven't had that before. And it's new. And um, I mean, it just it could be could be great if they get it right. And. They said they're working on their influencer community as well to kind of get the word out, not just within Stitchfix but outside it as well. Expanding their styling services. Uh, she was asked about secondhand. I mean, I also like Poshmark, which is the secondhand secondhand market, and it is social e-commerce more than that. And so I can see that Stitchfix. I mean, I heard Katrina Lake talk about this before is you know sustainability is important to both of these women and I could see that they will work on that in different ways in thinking about secondhand but she did say that they are focused on personalized shopping and they'll they're curious about secondhand clothing and they could get to that over time. So the next cup but the next couple of years is focused on the expansion of personalized store so that's going to keep them busy and that's their really big idea and i think that's a good focus so poshmark is doing something different and i don't know maybe if stitch fix gets big they could acquire poshmark in the future i don't know i mean i could see some consolidation um i just think i mean poshmark what they're doing is different because it's social e-commerce and i could see that okay stitch fix the people they're selling close to now or the, you know the new customers may if Stitch Fix has an internal thing where they can resell. Yes, that could work, but I think you know companies like Poshmark and others that are working on it may get too far ahead for them to do that successfully. So, but that's you know a couple of years down the line, we'll just see where Poshmark gets to. I mean, Poshmark I got to a little bit later. Um, it's a smaller holding for me, but I I like that too. I guess it, I mean it's the research into apparel that led me to looking at Poshmark as well. There are others which I won't talk about today. So I think that's enough today. And uh, you know, in my mind, I I mean it has become it's partly become one of my biggest holdings because it's up from where I bought it, but I have been adding to it. And um, you know, when it went down. It went it was up 250% on that short squeeze, and I just thought it was egregious. 
so I did sell some off and then I did I tossed it up should I just keep it and not you know it was just but when to sell is difficult right so I just thought well, let's see what price it was so um sorry bear with me um got up to so I got way up to I think close to 100 or something but I bought I sold some around 85 sort of going on the way down but I mean that was <laughs> I bought some at 28 and it was 85 and it just shot up to that so you know and now we're sitting around what 60 I mean I could have just held on to it but I just I got my initial investment back and then bought some more when it went down you know went down to 40 around 40 and so I'm happy with where I am and we'll see what happens okay thanks see you next time Thank you.